Hello, Malcolm here, and thanks for joining for the first of three classes called They Spoke So Effectively. I'm teaching these in the Thames Valley Churches of Christ on Friday nights. I taught the first one last Friday, but I'm not going to use the recording because it was done in a circle and a discussion format, and it doesn't, didn't really lend itself to, to an audio or a video recording. So although I recorded it, I'm not going to put that out. Instead, what I'm going to do is each week, because of that format, do a kind of summary class of what we looked at and go over the handout, which will be on the Thames Valley website, as well as my own. So you can find the handout there with all the scripture references and a few other points. But let me go through this first class, which is called Why We Speak. Why We Speak. Whether it's welcoming people to church, praying in the congregational setting, leading us in a communion, uh, sharing a lesson, a talk, a testimony. In our congregations, often talking about the work of hope worldwide or the, the needs of the needy and the poor amongst us and around us. Whatever the context for speaking, whether it on a Sunday, a Friday night, some kind of other devotional, maybe in someone's home, a Bible discussion, we sometimes would call those things. Whatever the context, why? do we speak? And this is where we begin with this class series, and it's where we must begin when we talk about speaking for God to other groups of people. Now, our class series is called They Spoke So Effectively, and that comes from Acts chapter 14, verse 1, where it says that Paul and Barnabas spoke so effectively that a large number of people believed. It's not just that they spoke there's a difference for a Christian between speaking and speaking effectively. If it describes Paul and Barnabas there being so effective, it might imply they were less effective other times. And certainly as they grew, perhaps matured in their, in their abilities to speak for God, they became, I would think, more and more effective. And thus it's not about where you or, or I are at right now, how effective we are, it's about becoming more effective. And whether you've never spoken in a church context before, or whether you've done so hundreds of times, our goal is to be more and more effective. And that's the point of this class series. So in this particular uh, first class, we're talking about our motivations and our aims in speaking, the activity of God in speaking, and finding a God-inspired motivation uh, and because if you have that, you will find something to say and you'll find the motivation to say it, no matter your fears, your insecurities or your nerves, which we'll come on to in the third class more than this one. But the motivation is what matters above all else. Why do we speak? Thus, so what we, what we did when we met as a group is we had a group discussion or, or actually people broke into small groups and then we fed back. Why do we speak? The question. Why do we speak in congregational settings? Why do we even do it? So I'm going to pause just for a moment here as you're listening to this to ask you that question and for you to answer that question perhaps on your own right now. So what's your answer to the question, why do we speak? Let me know what you think. Drop me an email or leave a comment wherever you see or hear this recording. So that's the first part here, is why do we speak? 
God spoke to humankind in lots of different ways in scripture, didn't he? He's perfectly capable of communicating through, let's have a look here, visions, songs, like in the Psalms, dreams, Joseph, for example, or uh, Paul in Acts chapter 16, the man from Macedonia begging for him to come over. Uh, we see in scripture drama used to communicate what God wants to uh, wants us to understand proverbs discussions like Job has a discussion with his friends and with God letters of course the New Testament letters parables uh, records of names and lists of things speeches like in the book of Acts laws as in the Torah there's a story there's rituals like the Leviticus which is telling us something about God and about what he wants us to understand about him poetry again the Psalms, even codes, you could say, in Daniel and Revelation. God has so many different methods of communicating his word to us. We see in the scriptures, the common thread through almost all of them is that his communication came through a human being like you or me. He did speak through a donkey once, and he does speak sometimes through, you could even say things like earthquakes and fire. But most of the time, he communicates through a man or a woman, somebody with a personality. And I think that's one of the key things here. God always wants to communicate through his people. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And I don't think Paul is just saying us as in him, but us as God's people. He's committed his message to us, his message of reconciliation, and we're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God, this is the key phrase, as though God were making his appeal through us to other people. This is how God operates. It's how he prefers to operate. He makes his appeal through you and me by our very nature. Since we're Christ followers, we are messengers. He was a messenger. We follow a messenger. It makes us into messengers as well. Messengers in some form or other, whether we're talking to an individual or to a group of people. So God can speak for himself, but he chooses to speak through human beings like you and me. In other words, somehow God speaking through humans must be more effective than him speaking himself directly to people. Now that is a mind-boggling thought. It's more effective. God knows it's more effective communicating his message through you and I than if he communicated, ordinarily at least, himself directly with people. What a thought that is. What a responsibility it is, but also what a privilege. There's something in this. And so it'd be helpful perhaps for you to think about why God would do this. Why is it better that God communicate through humans? I'm going to give you a moment to think about that too. So we had a little discussion about that in our group. Why does God choose to speak through other humans? Think about that for a moment. What have you come up with? Again, let me know. Drop a comment in the comment box. Romans 10 verse 15. 
How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You've got beautiful feet. Um, I won't show you mine here on the video recording, but I don't think they're particularly beautiful. But metaphorically, they're beautiful when we bring good news. There's something beautiful about the good news coming through a human that makes a difference to the people that God wants to speak to. We're revealing God's heart to humankind when we speak. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus said he came to bring good news to the poor. Luke 4, 16 to 22 and all around that passage. Good news to the poor. God's love and truth communicated through a human, Jesus, is what he wanted to do, and then communicated through us, his followers. So what are we? What are we when we get up to speak, when we welcome people, when we pray, when we share our testimony? What are we really? We're not really preachers, and we're not really speakers. Really, we're communicators. I think this is a very important distinction. This is true for those who lead worship it, um, and music, and it's true of those who speak. Anybody who stands up to speak in front of a group of people, you are really a communicator. And if you have a mouth, if you have a voice, you are a communicator, and you can be. It doesn't matter whether you're tall or short, young or old, whether you're experienced or not, whether you're an older Christian or a younger Christian, you can be a, an effective communicator for God if you understand your role. You don't have to say everything right. You don't have to be the most righteous person in the room. You just need to be God's mouthpiece so that he can communicate through you what he wants to say. See, that takes the pressure off. I know public speaking is a bit scary. A lot of people say they'd rather die than, uh, than speak in public. And in church, we have a, perhaps a, a better understanding that we can do it because we're in a friendly crowd, but still it can be very nerve wracking. And I, have, I know some people who say, I just can't do it. But what I would say to you is, however you feel about whether you feel you can or not, and I understand it's difficult for some of us, nonetheless, God would love you to. God would love you to because he, he knows that his truth coming through you will be different and speak differently to the group and to individuals as they hear than somebody else saying those same words because you have something unique about you. You've been made in God's image and you're an individual person with individual experiences and gifts and perspectives that will bless the group when you speak, even if it's for one minute, even if it's a short prayer. You can make a difference because you're bringing good news and God wants, wants the people to hear that. One definition of preaching I heard, and I think it applies to all kinds of speaking in this context, which I really like for lots of reasons, but part, mostly because it's short, three words, is this. Someone said preaching is truth through personality. Truth through personality. In other words, God's truth brought through me or through you to others. Truth coming to others through a human personality. And this is really important because my personality is different to anybody else's. I have different experiences, different background, different things that have happened to me, different things I know to you. And you have some things that are very different to me. So let's say we both speak on John chapter 5. Or we both uh, pray a prayer about uh, joy we will pray different prayers or we will speak differently about John chapter 5 simply because we are different people and thus you're not repeating 
you might be repeating a topic or a passage, but you're not repeating what's been said because you are a different person. That's why a congregation is very blessed if it has more than one speaker. In fact, lots of different speakers because different people welcoming people, different people talking about the cross, different people preaching or, or t saying a sermon or leading a prayer bring a variety, a, a breadth of experiences to the group and bless the group because of those differences. Truth through personality. God bringing his truth through different personalities to any group is going to bless that group. You're going to help people. that You will help people that I can't help. Maybe I'll help some that you can't help or can't help as much. But everybody can help somebody because they are different. And some people will relate to one person who's speaking more than another. Another reason why we need so many different kinds of people to speak, whether it's a Sunday or a Friday night or whenever. Whenever we gather, we need that variety. So, one of the questions we asked in the group. What are some of the barriers to us speaking for God to others in our worship settings? What are some of the barriers? Let me give you a moment to think about that. Some of the barriers. Now, some might be nerves. Some might be, I think in our group, someone said language. If English isn't their first language, that adds a challenge. Uh, others could be a lack of experience or it could be a lack of time to prepare. It could be on the not so neutral side. It could be pride. It could be lacking in faith. But we can, we can work through those things. We can work through any of those barriers and challenges so that we can bring our voice or God's voice through our voice to a congregation. No barriers too big. So just to summarize, and I'd like to know what, perhaps what your responses are to this. Um, what are we talking about? Well, we know biblically and historically God, God speaks mostly through other people, not directly except through his word, but not as a voice. He speaks through other people and he perceives that it is the best way to communicate his truth and his love. It's the best way through you and me, believe it or not. God must know that and that's why he uses you and I. Why do we speak? We speak for God for him. We speak for the benefit of other people, those lost and those saved. And we speak because God's truth needs to be heard and because God's love needs to be experienced. And it's experienced best when it comes through a human being like you and I. That seems to be the case. That's why we speak. So next week, this coming Friday, in fact, we're going to be talking about, well, what to speak about. How do we choose what to speak on and then how do we process that? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about exegesis and we'll talk a little bit about uh, lesson planning. I've got some tips on that. I've got some templates to hand out that I use that you may find useful. That's coming up next, next time. But I did, when I was with the class last Friday, give them one piece of homework and I'm going to give it to you as well, whether you're going to be there on Friday night, I, Friday night or not. Do this little piece of homework, which is this. Write yourself a one-sentence summary, maybe even just a phrase of a few words, but at least a one-sentence summary of why you speak or why you 
should speak in a congregational context if you don't do so already. What's the motivation? What's the reason? What's the, what's the thing that will work for you? And you may repeat some of the things we've talked about here, but put it in your own words. If someone was to ask you, why do you speak? Why did you get up there last Sunday? Why were you up there on Friday? What was the point? What were you trying to, not, not so much trying to achieve, what were you, what were you, what was your motivation? What was driving you to do that? What did you think was significant about it? Write it down as one sentence. And if you're gonna be there on Friday, bring it with you. Cause I wanna hear, I'm gonna hear the group uh, share some of those. It'd be great to hear them. And if you're not gonna be there, then stick it in the comment box wherever you hear or see this recording so that we can learn from each other because we learn best when we're learning together in a community, hearing from each other, hearing each other's voices. We really need that. So that's your homework. And if you have any questions about speaking in a church congregational context or any suggestions as to topics to cover, then, uh, then please do um, send them to me as well, either via the comment box or send me an email and the address is malcolm at malcolmcox.org. That's the one. So do that for me, if you don't mind. Well, we all have a reason to speak. We've all got truth from God and we've all got personality. And maybe, maybe, maybe even this week or soon, you're going to get an opportunity to share that truth through your personality for the blessing of God's people and those who still need to come and know him. I hope you get that opportunity and I hope when you do, you grasp it with both hands and by faith, with, with the courage that God will give you, you will let his truth and love speak through your personality. So until the next class, I hope this has been helpful. Let me know what you think. Take care and God bless. <laughs>